Each year, over 500,000 kids spend time in foster care across the U.S., and making sure they're well taken care of takes a village. I'm Erin Lindstrom, and this is Foster Care Aware, a production brought to you by Tidewater Friends of Foster Care. If you've had it on your heart to become a foster parent, a volunteer, donor, advocate, or just want to learn more, you're in the right place. This episode of Foster Care Aware is brought to you by Commonwealth Catholic Charities and Virginia One Church, One Child. Commonwealth Catholic Charities, or CCC, provides quality, compassionate human services to all people regardless of faith, especially those who are most vulnerable. CCC is the only agency in Virginia working with international foster children. If you're interested in learning more, CCC is looking for foster parents, married or single, and at least 25 years old, who can provide a loving and caring home to children with different cultural and religious backgrounds. You can contact BB Tran at 804 or go to cccofva.org to learn more. Virginia One Church, One Child's mission is to reduce the number of children in the Virginia foster care system through foster care and adoption, education, and recruitment. They seek to increase permanency opportunities for Virginia's waiting children. Virginia's One Church, One Child conducts community education around the needs of children in foster care, recruits families to become foster or adoptive parents, provides referrals of interested families to local departments of social services or to licensed child placing agencies, and offers peer-to-peer support and post-placement training. Virginia One Church, One Child works primarily with and through churches and the faith community to spread this need and to educate the public. If you're interested in learning more, you're welcome to attend one of their two monthly information section the second Tuesday or the fourth Thursday of each month. For more information, call 804-329-3420 or visit va1churchonechild.org. Welcome back to Foster Care Aware. I am your host, Erin Lindstrom, and I am joined by Audra Bullock, the president and founder of Tidewater Friends of Foster Care. Hi. And Cassandra Callender Ray, the director of Virginia One Church, One Child. Hi. Cassandra, thank you so much for joining us today. I am super excited for this conversation. Um, we decided to have a full segment kind of dedicated to foster to adopt. And we brought Cassandra on um, to talk a little bit more about Virginia One Church, One Child and the work they do. So Cassandra, I'll pass it over to you. Could you tell us a little bit about you and your organization and your connection to the world of foster care and adoption? Sure, sure. Again, my name is Cassandra Calendar Ray. I'm the director of the Virginia One Church one child program. We are a an organization that uh, does really community-based, uh, faith-based and community-based outreach and recruitment of families, families to foster and families to adopt. Uh, we have been around uh, since 1986. Uh, we have we prim- we were primarily organized to really identify families to adopt. Uh, African-American children. And, 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 and our traditions still do, are rooted really in the African-American church. But for the last six or seven years, we have broadened our, our mission and our focus to work on behalf of all children in foster care, um, seeking to increase permanency opportunities for children in foster care. Uh, and, and those children are generally older children. Uh, uh, children of minority heritage, sibling groups, 
uh, teenagers, children with some developmental delays, and children with emotional and behavioral challenges generally caused by trauma. Um, so we're out in the community. Uh, we're not out as much as we'd like to be with COVID, but we are still um, seeking to promote this need and let uh, your viewing audience know and let the friends of uh, Tidewater Friends of Foster Care know that, that families are needed. They're needed to be foster families and they needed to adopt. Uh, so that's that's one church, one child. What do we believe? We say that if each one church would find a family to adopt one child, then we would not have waiting children here in Virginia. I think you're absolutely right, Cassandra, and what a mission it is so important to understand that, you know, in the state of Virginia, 35% of the kids in foster care have a goal of adoption. It's higher than what I would have thought. But those children have been in foster care. If their goal is adoption, and then parental rights have been taken off of the mm -hmm. table, mm -hmm. and these children need permanent homes. Absolutely. So people come to the world of foster care hoping possibly to one day adopt. Can you tell us a bit about what makes that route different than other routes of adoption? I will. I will. Um, and yes, they do. People come and they call us all the time and they say, I see all these children on Adopters Kids and I see children on your website and, and I want to adopt these children. Well, one of the first things that we, we tell people is that the, the children who are, that you see on our website, that you see on Adopters Kids, they do have the goal of adoption. But in order to adopt them, you must first enter this whole journey, enter this process as a foster family. You must go through the training that foster families uh, go through. And in fact, it is the same training. You must understand and be willing to uh, understand what childhood trauma is. You must be willing to, um, uh, you really must be willing to be a foster parent before you adopt. Um, and some people find that, that hard. Um, they find that a challenge. People say we get attached to the children and we don't want them to go back or we get attached to, um, but we say to, we say to families that we need you to be attuned to the children's needs and, and the needs of these children or the needs of children in foster care or really the first goal is family reunification. Now for those children who are not going to return home, uh, we say to families, first, you're going to have to connect either with a local department of social services for a specific child, or you're going to have to work with a licensed child placing agency uh, that does adoption. You got to be willing to go through the training. That training is going to be at least 27 hours, sometimes nine weeks, sometimes over four and a half week period. You got to be willing for the Department of Social Service or the agency to to be to be in your business. Uh, they're gonna get to, they're gonna want to get to know you, get to know everything about you, get to know how you were raised, get to know your attitudes and thoughts about uh, uh, discipline. Uh, they're gonna want to know uh, really is there any uh, uh, significant losses that you have experienced that you have not dealt with, they're really going to get to know you so well 
and you're going to have to go through that process. Um, but if you go, if you are willing to go through the process, then um, it is it is of benefit to the child that you welcome into your family, and we feel will make for a more a more stable placement. Right, I, um, I agree with that because as as a foster and adoptive parent myself, you know there is trauma history there. These yeah. children, uh, you're not getting them from birth. And yes. also by default of the, the law stating that you have to foster them in your home for six months before you can adopt them means you, you do have to take that foster care journey of parenting as part of a professional team. And that's yes. different than I think what most adoptive parents um, expect is what I'm hearing yes. from you, right? Yes. That they expect to come down and be able to get their child and, and yes. go away and parent the way they feel appropriate, but, you know, most important for these children with trauma history that we have the appropriate training to be able to meet their very basic needs. And that is, you know, security and safety. Um, and because many of these children haven't had that, particularly if they've been in the foster care system for a while, the, the yeah. odds are that they've had more than one placement, which is yes. their their self-esteem, their self-worth and their trust. So I, I think that training is, is really important, but the other thing about it is these children are magical. They, you know, yes. they are older. They are absolutely, you know, uh, wonderful children. They deserve yes. families um, that, that want to come aboard and adopt them. Yes. And, you know, we have had families to say to us, uh, um, you know, initially they might have been thinking that they were uh, making a difference in the life of the child and they were, uh, you know, they were, and they and they and they are and they have been, but many of them say they had no idea how much uh, how much joy and how much completeness um, welcoming a child from foster care how that has impacted their family in such a a positive positive way. Um, I do want to um, another thing that I think is different. Um, in terms of this type of, of, of adoption. Mm -hmm. uh, and people still call us about that. Adopting a child from foster care does not, the costs are minimal. Um, you, you may have to pay for a, um, a background check, but the, the local agency may pay for it, but you may have to pay for a background check. You may have, however you pay for a physical, that has to be taken care of. Uh, and to finalize an adoption, you will need an attorney. But oftentimes, public agencies will pay for that, or you can get reimbursed. But um, because we are seeking to minimize barriers to placement of children who are in foster care, and because we are seeking to um, increase their opportunities for permanency, the cost of foster care adoption is, is borne by the Commonwealth of Virginia. It is not passed on to uh, on, onto families. And I say to families that, you know, whether you are adopting a baby and you're doing an international adoption or you're doing an infant adoption, a parental placement, or you're doing foster, adoption does cost. Uh, social workers are professionals and, and they... Uh, should be paid. They are paid for the work that they do. Um, they, the attorneys are paid. Social workers are paid. Um, 
but you're not paying for the child. You're not paying for that. You are paying for the professional services uh, that are required by law to occur for a child to be adopted. Mm -hmm. And so, but those, you, those costs are not borne by the prospective family. And so, no, it's, 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 um, that is one difference from foster care adoption. There is the, the costs are minimal. Um, You're talking about a few hundred dollars yes. in those medical bills and, yes. and the background checks versus tens of thousands of thousands dollars, dollars for Absolutely. domestic or, or even more for international adoption. And so yes. uh, it, it is a cost savings and for many people um, a way to, to have children in their families. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yes. I feel like I just went on a bit of a ride, <laughs> to be okay. honest, listening like emotionally, you know what I mean? Where when you first started talking about kind of the journey to becoming an adoptive parent through foster care, yes. it sounds like, you know, there, there is training as there should be, because we are, you know, dealing with kids. It is yes. traumatic to come in foster care, no matter how peaceful that process is yes. um, to leave your family, like things are happening. And so we need the parents to be um, trained to handle that. Yes. Um, then from there, <laughs> that, that sounded, it almost, it's like, those are the challenges that you're kind of walking into and everyone should know what they're kind of walking yeah. into. I think that's an important piece of this. Um, and then hearing the other side of like, oh, okay, there, the, perhaps one of the benefits is that the cost is different. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the day, like we're talking about kids and humans, and this is all so important. So Cassandra, I'm wondering, can you tell us um, a story or two about um, mm -hmm. adoption success that you've seen uh, within yes. Virginia One Church, One Child? Yes, I will, I, I've got a couple of stories. One is, um, one of the things that, that we do towards the very end as, as parents are, once they are approved, um, and I'm hoping that we'll get to do that again, but I, about a few, maybe two years ago in Chesapeake, we had an adoption bowling party. And we invite, most of the children were, everybody was over 10. And I think the oldest young person looking for a family was 17. But there was a, a, a two brothers who were avid bowlers and they, they had bowling shirts. The foster mom had, uh, they really liked bowling and they had bowling shirts. Well, a family, uh, and I don't know if they might even see this segment, but a family from the Suffolk area who were also avid bowlers um, saw these young, saw these boys, I think they were like 11 and 12 at the time. And, um, they, they, they connected with this family at a, at this bowling adoption party. And, uh, I talked to them every now and again, and they are doing, um, you know, there've been challenges, but they have persevered. Uh, and the, they, the young men are like 17, 16 and 17 now. And they and and all is all is well. The family has uh, really, um, you know, bonded and cemented, and 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 things are going really well. Uh, and so, um, and that family was willing to go through the process. They were they went through the training. They went through the the well the mutual family assessment process. They went to adoption parties. They did the things that they needed to do to to connect with a, um, to connect with the, uh, those two boys. Another story that I want to share is when I first came here, it was been a few years, well, some years ago, um, a family, there was a, a child who was 
they called this child, the, the pediatrician called the child globally delayed. That's what it was. That was the term that the pediatrician used, globally delayed. And the child was delayed because, you know, the not being cared for appropriately, not being physically abused, but just not, the nutrition wasn't there. The attention wasn't there. The, the, um, the things that parents do to promote language development, all the things that, that good parenting requires of us. And so the, the child was delayed and very introverted, not expressive at all. Anyway, this is a family that we actually helped to recruit. And um, the mom and dad, they were older, but he had retired and um, the mother was a little younger, but they, they welcomed this child into their family. And, and I guess maybe about a year later, they came back to visit us. And I'm telling you, Audra and Aaron, when we, when we first met that child, the child was so lethargic and not responsive and just, you know, honestly, not physically hurt, but just not thriving. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. The child was not thriving. About a, less than a year later, the, the husband and wife came by and they came to visit and the child came into the office and she was running all around. And the father said, oh no, you can't run around. You can't run around. You can't do this. You can't do this. And I said, uh, Mr. Jones, that's not his name, but Mr. Jones, please let that girl run. Please mm. let her run. Because it was such a difference. Um, the difference that attention, consistency, stability, good food, uh, and attention to, you know, development, um, how that, how much an impact that, that had on that particular child. I can't, um, I just can't even express. And it was just so, so gratifying. Um, and, and that's what we, we, we say to parents, you can make a difference in the life of a child. Mm -hmm. I believe that the child will make a difference in your life. It was uh, some years ago, Lord, almost, you know, 29 years ago that my husband and I welcomed uh, a child into our home. Uh, and we, um, if I were a little younger, I would do it again. Mm -hmm. um, but we say, we say to families, this is a, it is a, it is a fulfilling journey. It is, um, we say to, to, I say to members of churches, it is stepping out on faith, mm. but it is one that uh, the, the benefits to you and your family, to the child uh, comes back. Uh, it just comes back in all kinds of ways. Uh, and and, I, and I, I, I really want people who are listening to, listening to this, who are people of, who are members of churches. I really want you to think about the fact that we are asked to, to love because we were loved and we are loved. And we were asked to, we, have, we are compelled, I believe, to help meet the needs of people where, where people are. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm asking members of churches to consider, consider being a foster parent. Yeah, because a lot of foster parents go on to adopt. Yep. Yeah. Consider and adopting. 
because it will, because children need stability and love and nurture. And I'm asking churches, and I'm saying to churches, and I want to take this time to say to churches, we need you to be a community partner with Virginia One Church, One Child to recruit families that the children need. I got to say this. Some children need foster families. That's what they need. Mm -hmm. They need foster families to help them get ready to go back home or to help them get ready to get connected with kin. Mm -hmm. And some children need adoptive families. As Audra was saying, because their parental rights have already been terminated and it's already determined that they're not going to go back home. Those children need adoptive families. And we need the faith community to help us recruit these families. And we need people who are a part of a faith tradition to consider welcoming a child into your home that was not born to you. And, and it's, it's, so that's what I got to say. I'm sorry to talk over you there for a second, but I I also just wanted to add, you know, we talk a lot about children and I, I don't want people to miss the fact that there are teens in care that want to be adopted too and need to be adopted because they're getting ready to exit care with no connection to family whatsoever. And that is so important to be, to, to belong. I even talked to, you know, kids that have aged out of the foster care system that have had foster parents that have maintained that connection that really long for even adult adoption where they finally go down to the courthouse and change their name because it is innate to us as, as human beings to belong. And so please don't think that when a child is 16 or 17, Mm -hmm. that they don't every bit as much want to be adopted. And if you are a home out there listening to this right now and are willing to do that, there are a lot of those kids in care. Most of the kids that have spent a long time in foster care are our teens. And they're the ones with terminated parental rights. Yes. They're the ones with the case goals of adoption. Of adoption. Yes. Yes. we, We need parents for them too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cassandra, thank you so much for your passion and for doing this work. If people out there are listening, Mm -hmm. hi guys. Um, If you would like more information about Virginia One Church, One Child, you can go to vaonechurchonechild.org or call 757-343-3358. And just I want to give anyone to this, anyone listening to this permission too, to just check in with yourself as you're listening. Um, as I mentioned that emotional roller coaster, like it is natural to have feelings as you're hearing all of this stuff. And yeah. sometimes it's like, oh my God, that's too much. And other times it's like, oh, I think I could do that. That sounds mm-hmm. amazing. And mm-hmm. so just a, a friendly reminder to kind of check in with where you are on the journey and mm-hmm. ask yourself, like, what do you need next? Do you need more information? Do you need to listen to a past episode to get more? Do you need yes. to reach out to friends of foster care? Do you like wherever you are in your journey, the next thing you have to do is just take the next step. You don't have to figure out the full plan from where you are now. Yes. So again, Cassandra, thank you so much for joining thank us you. and sharing your wisdom. Thank and you. yeah, I want to say one more thing. I'm sorry. If, if, if this, uh, we are having our next information session on Zoom on May 25th, and that will be 6 p.m. and no, 7 p.m. in the evening on Zoom information session. We'll talk to you about foster parenting, that process. We'll talk to you about adoption, that process. Um, 
call us, that number that Aaron gave. Yeah. And on our website, send us an inquiry and we will invite you to an information session uh, hosted by One Church, One Child. Perfect. Thank you all so much. Yeah, thank you for being here and thank you for the work you're doing in the world. It's so important. Thank you. And a big thank you for listening. Foster Care Aware is all about getting the word out about how you can support the kids in care in whatever capacity works for you. And Tidewater Friends of Foster Care is here to support you through the journey. To learn more, head over to fostercareaware.org where you can join our digital community of Friends of Foster Care and learn more about how you can provide a birthday or holiday gift for a child in care as one of our gift sponsors, stay in the know about upcoming trainings, and help meet the needs of current foster parents and youth as they arise. Whether you want to be a foster parent, volunteer, donor, or advocate, head on over to fostercareaware.org to learn more.